You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. Um... This week we're going to focus really on the McConaughey and Kanye West podcast. I think that those are just two big ones that we should talk about and really get into the massive stars. Uh, Keenan's been on a bunch of times before, so I'm I don't know. We're just gonna I'm gonna skip it. But uh, two great characters and the Kanye conversation was well it was something else. So let's get going podcast you're listening to the joe rogan experience review what a bizarre thing we've created now with your host adam thorne this might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time one go enjoy the show remember too that you can reach out to me at joe rogan experience review at gmail and joe rogan experience review for instagram message me there for anything that you want to add comments suggestions those sorts of things a uh, bit of an update. Uh, found out my roommate has COVID. So, wowza. And uh, went in and got a test on Friday. $200 later, I do not have it. So, I guess I got to quarantine anyway. But uh, good time to do a podcast. Listen to some podcasts, right? Quarantining. Back again. 2020. Love that. So, Podcast 1552, Matthew McConaughey. He has to be one of the biggest stars that's ever gone on Rogan, for sure, A-list-wise. I mean, we had Robert Downey Jr. on there. That's pretty massive. And then Jamie Foxx likes to show up. But fellow comedians, even when they're huge stars, I mean, it makes sense that Joe would know them well. But it's cool to have McConaughey on. I don't know if what inspired him. I, I know he's on his book tour now. For his new book, Green Lights. So he's kind of showing up everywhere. But he's also from Austin, where Joe is now. So maybe that's how they started to connect. Um, he's writing his memoirs. <sighs> I don't know. Do you guys buy memoirs of celebrities? I mean, I guess... I, I don't know. I haven't read many, but I don't think it's going to teach you how to be a super famous celebrity. But it is kind of cool maybe that it teaches you that they do similar things than everyone else they have the same kind of problems and their lives aren't perfect so there's solace in that it's hard to say but that's that's a lot of what they talked about kind of on their podcast McConaughey got into checking in with yourself like you know that guy all right all right he's he's you know he's a hippie right for sure surfing chilled out hippie dude from texas um Strange combination. You wouldn't really thought that that would be something you'd associate with, with someone from Texas, but it's cool to see. He's always been a cool dude, I think, and uh, he's made a lot of good movies. You know, he has, he has some fucking great movies. That True Detective season that he was in, that was phenomenal, and he really was the star of that. I mean, Woody Harrelson was excellent in it too, but what made it was the intensity of, of McConaughey for sure. Uh, he has a good sense of humor. You, you get that through the podcast. He seems he seems fun. He seems like a cool, chilled guy. And uh, he likes to laugh. A little goofy, you know. But uh, very honest, very real. 
Uh, his conversations are pretty deep, you know. I could imagine smoking a joint with him would be pretty fucking sweet. Uh, he learned a lot as he progressed on. And I think that these sorts of podcasts are cool to kind of look at your own life in the sense of like, he didn't, you know, he didn't take things as personally as he went. He found out that was really difficult. And then one thing he said is 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 uh, not asking permission as much. And I guess it doesn't mean just like taking whatever you want, but not waiting for people to say it's okay. Just like going out, being bold, getting it done. And I'm sure a lot of people that have become very successful take up that mindset. I mean, you have to. Because there's a reason a lot of other people aren't doing it. They're not taking those risks, putting themselves out there. I mean, it it takes a lot of confidence to do that, for sure. And then he discusses, you know, his exercise and, and writing things down. He seems to write a lot down. He even talked about writing down, taking a shit. That might be overdoing it, but, you know, he's making a point that pay attention to what you're doing, write it down, get it all in there, and, I don't know, keep track of where you are, what you're doing day to day. Writing things down definitely helps me out. When I'm in my most organized, I am uh, on top of that. That that seems to be a way, a good way for me to orient things, getting stuff done. Otherwise, I fucking forget everything. I don't know about you guys, but I am not keeping track of shit if I don't be like, right, today I got to do this. This week I got to do this shit. This month I've got this. And then somehow it turns into like my goals for the year, which are usually like far too ambitious. And if I just write those down, I never seem to get there unless I'm kind of organizing my my daily spread. And and Joe Joe's always talked about writing things down, you know, he whether it's his comedy or just, you know, saying what he owes himself for the week, like this many workouts, this, this and this, like he's got to knock it off his list. I mean, you know. Does everyone need to work as hard as these guys? No, not necessarily. But you've got to have, you've got to have your own routine down for sure, and you've got to do a little bit of everything. You know, I don't think you can completely neglect health and then totally wrap yourself up in your studies. You know, if you're in school or whatever, or you're working, um, because I think it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And if you're not like a gym rat, which is all, all good, you know, just do a little bit. Just do something. Just put it down. Put it on your list. Try and knock it out. That's what I feel like works. He says he sleeps a lot. Nine and a half hours of sleep. That's a fucking lot of sleep. I don't even think I could stay in bed that long. I guess everyone is a little different. Like, you got to get as much as you need. I wish I could sleep that long. I don't know how you'd have time to get everything done that you're doing. But, uh... You know, he's a little older. I'm not sure how old McConaughey is. Maybe 45? Might be. He's not as old as Joe, I don't think. Joe's what, like 52? But anyway, maybe you need more sleep. You know, it's a stressful life being a fucking A-list celebrity. He's obviously a very lucky guy. Like, that is clear from this. I mean, a lot of doors have opened up because he's good-looking. And uh, that's not enough. I mean, I have plenty of good-looking friends that haven't done shit with their lives. So you you still got to put a lot of work in. But it certainly helps. You know, he's he's been given opportunities that other people wouldn't usually get. And when it comes to his book, he talks about, you know, the idea that people can learn from it. 
Now, yeah, he's selling it, obviously. But he's saying, hey, normal people can look at this, regular folks, and see that the same sorts of difficult things are happening. And he discusses kind of how he deals with it. And obviously, he's at a very, I guess, high pressure, high stress type of job. I mean, it's hard to say, right, if celebrities or actors are under a lot of pressure. But, I mean, he's he's watched all the time. His actions are always watched. Anything he does is going to get in the media. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. You've really got to keep an eye on probably who you are, more so than, you know, regular folks. Like, I don't have to worry about that, thank God. That, to me, sounds like a fucking disaster. Um, one of the nicest things that I always hear from the guests that Rogan has, for sure, is that you grow from catastrophe, right? So we all have times that suck and things that blow up in our face. Yeah, for sure. And when that happens, you're like, fuck, this, my life sucks. Everything's going wrong. It's hard to kind of sit there and say, this is a great learning opportunity. This is going to help me grow. I'm going to learn a lot from this. Um, And what comes out the other side is going to be a stronger version of me. I mean, it's exhausting to keep going through. We like periods of time in our lives where we don't have a bunch of problems. But they are beneficial. If you look back at your life and think right now, think of the last thing that you went through that was really fucking difficult. Think about how you handled it, what went wrong, what was a disaster, how you responded. Maybe you lost your temper and you said some things you shouldn't have. But after you sit there for a while, calm down and take a step back, you're like, ah, I kind of see. And it's often like repeating those mistakes, like the way you handled it poorly, if you continue to do it that way, really hinders you. But if you're like, oh, I should have relaxed here, should have waited, should have been patient with it, which is very hard to do, and see what happens. See see how it passes. I mean, everything does. When you know, there, There's always going to be a time where you're not worried about this thing that you're worried about right now, if you are worried. And then, during those moments, you'd be like, well, why is this not a problem now when it was such a big issue before? When you're in it, it feels like it's forever. It feels like it's forever, but that's it's not how it goes. you got to kind of trust it. You know, Joe talks about him having something called whiskey philosophy wisdom, which I thought was a cool, interesting little phrase. You know, it's like having a whiskey with someone at the bar and he just throws you this wisdom and you're like oh shit that's cool i like that and mcconaughey's always seemed like the type of guy that would have those gems you know like i I don't know if it was just from his movies or the way he does interviews but he just always seemed like he would be that type of dude you know that would just have like good shit to say he seems very likable like for sure not like an arrogant dude i mean he knows what he is he knows that he's talented and good looking but, uh, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, seems very open and honest. It's pretty badass. And when he talks about becoming famous, I really like that, too. He talked about walking down Santa Monica Boulevard, and that's where I used to live. And, you know, basically no one recognized him. A few people thought he was cute. Then he did this movie where he was the main guy. And all of a sudden he goes down and everyone knows him. Almost everyone. Except some blind woman, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's a switch. That's a huge change. 
All of a sudden, there's no strangers. People know everything about him. They know about his dog being sick and, and just who he was. Imagine that happening to you. Imagine that shift. Imagine that kind of pressure. Suddenly, the world becomes a very different place, I'd imagine, and probably pretty unnerving at first. It's probably not really like, I don't know. It just seems like it wouldn't be a very fun feeling a lot of the time, you know? I mean, maybe it reinforces itself. Maybe it's like, fuck yeah, I'm famous. You hang out with some people and your friends and all of a sudden everyone recognizes you and you're just like, yeah, I'm a badass. But that could go to your head real fast. That could that could turn into some pretty ugly habits, I would imagine. You, you really got to keep an eye on yourself. Um, but I like the way you put that put that forward. And And after he got famous, like after that point, what he did to kind of, come back to himself as he went traveling he went to places where people didn't recognize him maybe or he couldn't speak the language and he just explored and just kind of sat with himself and just kind of brought himself back to a point of like okay this is who i am normal guy got to get this work done and i've got to accept my new life and i think that's a really important message for anyone that's going through a big change when things are changing rapidly you know and this has happened to me, you feel like, oh, fuck, I can't slow this down, and this is crazy. But you have the choice, somewhere or another. Maybe you don't have the resources just to go traveling and do that, but you can sit with yourself, spend that time, calm yourself down, and and just kind of, I don't know, I guess say, hey, it's all right. Everything's okay. All right, all right. <laughs> it was a good episode. I like that guy. I hope he's back on... I think he had a lot of interesting things to say. If anyone buys that book and reads it, message me. Let me know what you think about it. If you think it's good, tell me why. And uh, maybe I'll check it out. But uh, yeah, I usually don't read those types of books. For sure. Moving on, the big one. The one we've all been waiting for. Podcast 1554, Kanye West. Wow. I was really disconcerted this week because of Jamie having COVID that they weren't doing the podcast. Kanye was going to have to, you know, they had to cancel it and we were never going to get this podcast again. I was interested to hear what this guy says. I mean, saying I'm a fan of his, I don't know. I like some of his songs, but uh, mostly what I've heard about him is wacky, you know, like really wacky stuff. And I was keen to hear like what he said. I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, you know, and I'd like to hear also like what fans of Rogan are thinking about Kanye just in general. You know, like is a typical Rogan fan a Kanye fan? Probably. I mean, Kanye is just that famous and uh, that popular with his music. So he's running for president. That's a big thing. Joe really pushed that a lot and quite honestly found it difficult to keep him on track with specifics. He's very, Kanye's kind of, he seems very like, um, well, he's vague when it comes to solutions, for sure. And then he goes on his tangents. I think he finds it quite difficult to like focus on one thing. Um, And he doesn't really seem to answer the question a lot of the time. Sometimes he does, for sure. But sometimes he just goes on what he was thinking. He's like, this is my thought process. I'm going this way. And uh, Joe was having to pull him back quite a lot. We've seen Joe do this on many other podcasts. And it's the, that's always a time that's a little difficult to follow. You know, there were plenty of moments in this podcast. And obviously, I want to talk about it. So I'm paying attention. But 
there was plenty of it where I'm like, wait a minute, what's he talking about here? It was it was a little hard to run through. Joe suggested maybe since he doesn't have any political background, you know, and I guess Trump didn't either, but maybe he could start smaller. He could run for governor of California. And Joe even said, you can't do a worse job than the idiot that's in there. I kind of agree. Um, but who knows how he'd do. Uh, that might be a good start for him for sure. He moves into the music industry stuff a lot. Uh, that I didn't know a ton about, but he seems pretty pissed off with it. He says he loses money with the music industry. I don't really understand how that is the case. I mean, didn't he get famous making music? So he must have made money. But I guess the music industry kind of rapes the the artists. You know, we've all heard this. Um, I guess they take too much overhead and they make you work too hard and then they fuck you on all the contracts. Um, kind of blames his mother's death on the music industry. That's That seems like a harsh call out, but, you know, he knows. He knows better than me, for sure. Um, yeah, it must be tough for artists. I don't know. I guess, I guess that's kind of the good and the bad, right? They make you famous, but they're going to take all your money. How else do you get the exposure? How else do you get your music out there? I mean, you can't just stand on Venice boardwalk handing out CDs your whole life. That's not going to get you very far. Uh, and also when they do that, who the fuck owns a CD player? I guess in our PlayStation or Xbox, but I don't. I don't even think I have a CD player on anything else. Uh, what else are they going to hand you? A little zip drive with music on? I guess that makes sense. He's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, for sure. That was interesting to me. It makes sense that he would be. Kind of always seemed like he would be. Uh, he talked a lot about like the hospitals and medical stuff, getting injections and how the hospitals respond to things and what's in injections and he's uh he's very suspicious of what's going on um in a lot of areas i think he didn't he didn't go too heavy into his beliefs into conspiracy theories i'd like him to come on again because i think we'd learn a lot about what he thinks uh is really happening in the world um he was kind of losing me on on the conspiracy theory stuff you know, if anyone knows any good conspiracies that he's into, uh, hit me up for sure and uh, and let me know. And, 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 you know, give me some background, expand on it. I don't know all of these guests as well as some of you guys, so it's, it's cool to get a bit of feedback always. He said that he was labeled mentally ill. We all heard about that. It's kind of like blow up for sure. And uh, that's really... That, that was big news, you know, bipolar, manic. Uh, we've all seen some interviews where he's kind of kind of lost it. But in a way, I mean, he's so famous. I mean, I know there's people like The Rock and Kevin Hart that are super famous as well and have tons of followers and, and they kind of hold their shit together. But I you can see how somebody that's maybe as specifically creative as him could could get really overwhelmed by the types of pressure that's put on him and uh you know kind of maybe run a bit of a muck but he said that the the meds whatever they were he wasn't sure 
were destroying his creativity. They were kind of numbing him out. And I'm sure that's very common to be numbed by, I mean, what does bipolar even mean? I think it's one of those like non-specific medical determinations. It's like you're just acting one way one day and one way the other day. So let's calm this down by just numbing it out. Um, and, and he was like, fuck that. I'm getting off it. He's getting off it. Uh, we've all seen the recent video of him where I guess he's like at his own rally wearing like a bulletproof vest and he, and he talks about um, almost aborting his kid with Kim. And that's a very emotional topic for him that's really upset him. And he brought that up on the podcast and he talked about abortion. And I mean, he's a religious guy. You know, he's a Christian guy getting more and more religious. You know, he started his church and he's getting big into it. So this is like a hot topic for him and uh, making a lot of points. So whichever way you fall on this, you know, I'm sure you're going to feel the same way afterwards regardless. But uh, he's very passionate about the amount of abortions there are. He kind of compared the deaths to, well, he calls them deaths, you know. He compares it to COVID and how many people are dying of, of COVID, you know, in comparison. And, you know, I mean, number-wise, there's a point there. But I don't know if these comparisons are going to resonate with a lot of people. I think people have made up their mind. But it, but it really upsets him, you know. Towards the end, I don't know if he's getting like more off track, but he he does start kind of waffling on a lot more, you know. I mean, fuck it, I waffle on. That's how I do this. But I try and stay concise and to the point. He would kind of lose track even with the questions that Joe was saying and go off on a tangent and then just keep going and going. And Joe, he even incorporated his little ding sound to kind of pull him back which I thought was quite funny. It's like, whatever helps, bro, get back on track. Uh, He starts talking about innovators, right? Like Tesla. He has a lot of respect for Mikhailov Tesla. And, you know, people like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and, you know, the real innovators, people changing the world. That seems to be something that he really wants to do. You know, he talks about being the leader of the free world and how he's a genius and how he can fix everything once he gets all the information. You know, he really wasn't able to answer a lot of specific questions about healthcare, about foreign um, affairs, and and really, really anything directly. But what he did say is that he would put great teams in place. Once he has a great team, has all the information, and then he always makes the right decision, which I think is probably a dangerous way of thinking that you always make the right decision because maybe you won't admit that you fucked up. You won't be willing to go back and reassess. Um, I don't know. You can get a little ahead of yourself. And when you're running a whole, when you're running a company, that's one thing. That's your money, your employees. But when you're running a whole country, uh, I'm I'm a little more concerned about somebody that makes decisions that way. Um, but he talked about, what was it, like setting up a church and it running on, he didn't like solar, but he wanted to run on water. He wanted all the food to be grown there. He wanted this like self-sustaining type of setup and uh, kind of 
pulled that back to like Tesla's um, vision and uh, all those sorts of things. And, And he says when he goes to design, he feels like a kid, right? This is like when he's creative and designing, he goes back to like kid mode. So it gets... I guess he's saying gets all the adult bullshit out of the way, all the real life stress, all the no you can't do it stuff, and just frees his mind up to think however he wants to. That seems like a good strategy. If there's any artists out there, whether you're a painter, musician yourself, or any type of artist, sculptor, you know, how do you do your shit? Is this, is that like a strategy that you think about? Uh, does it get all the stigmas and prejudices out of your mind so you can create, you know, unimpeded? I'd be interested to know. But he says that keeps him real creative, for sure. Some of the last stuff that he he talked about, and it, and it was kind of through the whole podcast, he talked about money not being real. Now, he has a lot of fucking money. So maybe it's easy to think like that when you're whatever he said he was, like worth $5 billion net worth or whatever. I'm a little dubious about how these mega rich people come up with these numbers. You know, I think they probably are inflated. I don't know what a net worth really is. Like, does that mean that if you sat there one day and sold everything that you owned, you'd have that much money? I don't know. Um... But, you know, he talks about his time, like, working with Adidas and The Gap and making them huge companies and adding a lot of money to them. And but but then goes back to money not being important. And really, I think his message seemed to be like just what's important is bringing people together, bring them together, have them communicate. People that usually like what he said, like facing away from each other, have them talk. Have them come together, bring their ideas, and and making that decision. But to me, it just again, it's just like that's that's him, like maybe just positioning himself as a presidential candidate, like he just wants to make all the decisions. It's power hungry stuff, maybe. Is that called megalomania? I don't know. He wants to be on the board of these companies. He was talking about. How people are telling him he can't be, but that's what he wants. Be on the board of the companies. I'm not sure if he is right now, but uh that's kind of it's kind of what he's looking for. And you know, but one thing I will say is he, he did seem like really genuine, really honest, quite sweet, you know, a little erratic for sure. But again, that kind of level of fame and I mean, I'm sure he's surrounded by a lot of yes-men, and it's hard not to be very suspicious. I think he said that he had, like, a CFO that was stealing from him. That's going to kind of warp your brain a bit. But uh, overall, interesting. I'd like him to be back on. I think once he reflects on this podcast a little bit, gets a lot of feedback about what he did well, what he didn't do well, he might be more concise with it. But as of right now imagining a presidential debate where Kanye is on uh, I don't I don't know how he would appeal to a lot of people really he he seems very vague on really his action plan and motives even though his overall message is quite sweet you know I would say but uh, let me know what you think 
it, it's it's good to get feedback. This is a big one in the waiting. We've been waiting for this one for a long time, and and uh, you know I enjoyed it. It was it was interesting. It was like one of those ones that sometimes I sit there, I'm listening to the podcast, and it gets to the end, and I'm like, oh, thank God, this was going nowhere. But with him, it was like, I could listen to that for a couple more hours, to be honest. I mean, a five-hour podcast would be insane, but it it was kind of interesting. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see what happens next week. I don't know if he's going to be on schedule. Uh, it's Tuesday morning now. Nothing has been released that I see. But uh, stay tuned. And as always, thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. Later. Later.